So I, I recently had a family member call me in an SOS situation. She hired a freelancer to do a website for her business. And, uh, and quite frankly, the website was straight trash. And as a freelancer, you know, I can relate to the issues that, uh, you know, that can happen, you know, that they're kind of out of your hands when you're a freelancer and you deal with, you know, difficult clients. But this wasn't the situation at all. This website just aesthetically wasn't pleasing. It had no purpose. There was no call to actions. It just it just wasn't right. So I asked my family member, you know, how much did she pay for the, the website? And she told me that she paid $200 for it. And I didn't speak, you know, for like a solid three minutes. I kind of let her response soak in. So your website is supposed to be an asset to your business. It's something of value. Um, and if you think that it's okay to pay $200 for something that's supposed to be valuable to your business, then I really think that you should rethink uh, maybe even going into business. So yes, there are some things that you know $200 can be pricey for, but a website is not one of them. With that being said, you don't have to pay twenty, thirty thousand dollars for a website, but you should pay, uh, you know, fair market value if you're expecting something quality. And um, you know, hang on to the end of this podcast because I'm going to tell you what fair market value is on a on a basic website, and uh, we'll even go into you know what you know what you should be paying for something maybe a little more advanced, an e-commerce store, uh, something along those lines. But first. You know, I want to give you a handful of red flags to look out for when you're actually shopping for a website designer. By the way, my name is Joshua Silva, and I'm the owner of Intrepid Media. And uh, what I do is I help brick and mortar companies build their brands out and market on uh, in this digital universe. So let's get to it. So first, I want to start off by saying building and designing websites, it's not an easy practice. You know, it is very time consuming. There is a lot of skill involved and um, it's actually something that's evolving um, over time. So, you know, as a designer, we still have to learn things and we have to keep up with the times. And now you have AI and all this other competition stuff. Um, It's definitely uh, a craft that should be respected and, and you should be well paid you know, for the skills of, of being able to design a website properly. Um, when you find freelancers that are offering cheap work, what they're doing is they're attempting to be competitive in a market, but they're also trying to make a living off of volume. And when that happens, that limits the amount of time that they can actually spend on your website. So you're not going to get quality when the designer feels pressured. And, and that's why... It's not a good idea to pay, you know, for a cheap website. It's, a, it's, it's better to, you know, find fair market value and pay uh, a designer what, what they're worth in order to take some real time and care on your project. When looking for somebody to design your, your, your website, one of the things that you want to ask is what platform are they going to build your website on? Um, it could be Square, Square, it could be Squarespace, it could be Wix, GoDaddy. Um, they could be, you know, building a, a WordPress, you know, website. You you want to know this information, and this isn't necessarily red flag territory. This is more along the lines of doing your research after the fact and trying to understand what kind of maintenance is going to be required, uh, you know, after the 
the freelancers finish building the website. Different formats, different platforms have uh, different requirements and different fee structures. And you want to understand this before uh, you have uh, a freelancer build a website for you. And if that freelancer you know, can't work on a particular format or uh, a particular platform that works for you, then that might not be the right freelancer for you. So ask those questions. You know, what platform are you building on? Go to YouTube, go to Google, and just do some some research of your own, but also ask them what are the pros and cons of the platform, platform that you're building on. Because um, like I said, it, not all platforms are create, created equal. Um, but if you do the right things, they all will perform. You just got to make sure that it fits you, your business, and your style. To continue with the story, the family member that came to me for help, they had a freelancer that was building uh, a website for them on GoDaddy. My personal opinion, GoDaddy is not a place to build a website. They do a phenomenal job with their domains and hosting domains, Um they outsource emails through Outlook. I'm not an Outlook fan, but it works well. Um, that's not a big deal, but they're very, very limited in what you can do concerning design uh, for websites and how you want to structure, structure things. It can work. It's not impossible. But with GoDaddy, you have to have a lot of prefabbed uh, assets, a lot of photos already done. Your copy should already be, be done. Um, you, you need a lot of outside assets that you're going to interject into their platform in order to really make it work to your benefit. This family member didn't have that. This was a new venture, um, which a lot of you know entrepreneurs say are they're new ventures. They don't have a lot of you know professional video. They don't have a lot of copy already made up. They're not even settled in on their on what their logo and what their brand really is. So I would not suggest you know, using GoDaddy for something like that, you know, maybe a quick landing page, it's okay, but definitely wasn't the direction to go. So just make sure you learn a little bit about platforms and website builders before you get involved with somebody building something for you, find something that's comfortable for you. And you want to make sure that uh, you're looking at their portfolio. And don't just look at the portfolio that's available on their website or the portfolio that's available on their profile, um, ask them, hey, what's the most recent website that you've created? You know, can I get the domain name for that? You know, send me the URL. I want to take a look at that one. And when you're looking at that website, especially if it's a service-based business, that first section, which is called the hero section, you know, you should get, you know, all the information in that first section. So that hero section should have company phone number, uh, you know, the, the address, if it's a brick and mortar, um, a call to action, which means a button that tells people to do something somewhere, contact us, buy now, uh, book an appointment, uh, spread love, whatever. And a bold statement um, that tells uh, the viewer exactly, you know, what this company is and what it does. Uh, and, and some graphics on there. So it should be aesthetically pe- pleasing, but it should also check some boxes, you know. Uh, so look for that current body of work. Um, ask for that. And then, you know, you also want to ask, 
you know, how is this website performing? And, you know, the freelancer should be able to tell you how it's performing in some way, shape or form. And it may be performing well. It may be performing poorly. That's not always the freelancer's fault. Most of the time, that's the business owner's fault. Uh, because the reality of it is uh, a good website, it's it's just like a a car or truck that you buy from the uh, from the dealership. If you park it in your garage and you don't fuel it up, you don't drive it around, you don't take care of it, uh, it's not going to get any exposure. Websites are the same way. You know, people talk about they need SEO, they need SEO. No, you need to get to work. You know, you need to hire somebody to build you a functional, clean, aesthetic website that um, is, you know, prepped for search engine optimization, which means that it does have keywords in it and it is structured properly. But none of that means anything if you're not out there talking about your business, promoting your business, having conversations, investing in some Facebook ads or social media ads or or whatever. Like if you're not doing, you know, the work, uh, your website's not going to perform and those analytics are not going to look good, but still ask for them, ask for the numbers and see if uh, if that freelancer can provide them. Uh, And that may shed some, some light on, you know, what they're doing and how well they can do it. Um, And then the last thing I would say concerning the portfolio is uh, kind of a side note, ask that freelancer, how many projects are they working on currently? You know, if they tell you they're working on 10 or 15 projects, then they're not going to have a lot of time to produce something for you. And it's going to take a while. You know, they tell you they're not working on anything. That alone could be a red flag. That could mean that nobody wants to work with them. You know, so uh, on average, it's good to have a freelancer that's maybe doing three to four projects. Um, you know, and, and, and they know how to balance their, their their work. So pay attention to those things. Ask those questions. But don't just take the portfolio at face value. Ask the questions. And I want to circle back to the business owner doing doing the work. You know, digital marketing and digital products, uh, digital services, is, 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 it's not designed to to do the work for you. No matter what, you still have to get out there. You have to promote your business and you have to have conversations with real people. Um, you do have to create content that is meaningful and purposeful and, and offers value in order for it to have any type of real effect out there in the world. So, you know, don't get too wrapped up in the colors on your website and the fonts. And, you know, I don't know if I like this picture more than that picture. Like all that stuff is vanity. It doesn't mean anything when it comes to actually marketing. Uh, that's just the truth. Yes, if you start to do some research, you know your face, uh, you know on a on a piece of digital marketing or on a website may perform better than an image or a color. That is true, but in the beginning, you just got to get to work. You know you have to make sure that your stuff is clean and professional. And get to work. And then you test and measure. And then from there, you're going to make adjustments. But if you're not out there having conversations or if you're not, you know, if you don't have a sales team or a marketing team or somebody on your behalf, you know, having the meetings and having those conversations, then you can have the best website in the world. But it doesn't matter. You know, so so don't get too caught up in um, colors, fonts and pictures and blah, blah, blah. Pay a fair price. 
make sure it's, it's aesthetically pleasing, functional at the same time. So the website shares the information that you wanted to share and invokes emotion. Um, it also gives social proof, whether that be testimonials or awards that you have, you know, acquired over the time you've been in business or, you know, through going to school or whatever it is. And it's in you know, and and it's going to collect information for you, whether that be uh, emails and names for lead generation or it's going to be, um, you know, some other type of form where people want to make purchases or downloads or whatever. So um, that's what's important when it comes to your website, not what the best picture is or or anything like that. So uh, that was a little bit of a tangent, but we're going to we're going to move on to the next red flag. Never pay for a website in full upfront. Um, there are some freelance sites that are going to require you to pay in full. And that's okay for certain things like if you're getting a poster done or something small. But a website should be a significant investment because if it's done right and if you use it right, it should deliver uh, amazing returns uh, for your business. Um, your website should almost act as an employee for the for the business as in it's advertising and marketing for you it's collecting information for you uh, especially if it's an e-store and it's allowing you know it's generating revenue like your website it's an investment um so that being said you, you you'll get a price and and honestly the way that we do it with intrepid media is we charge 33 percent up front um, sometimes a little more depending on how big the project is. And then, you know, a third once we're halfway through the project and then the rest at the end, um, to us, that's a fair way to do it. Now, to be clear, that's if we're doing a full build out on a website, if we're, if we're doing something smaller, you know, maybe a quick landing page or, uh, just some updates on somebody's website. There are certain times where if it's a small enough fee, we will charge you know, the full price, but never pay for a full website up front, especially if you you don't know what you're getting. And in addition to that, have an agreement in place, you know, an agreement that states what the, you know, what the designer is willing to do for you, what this website is going to entail and, um, and what they won't do. You know, and what's your obligation? Because you do have an obligation in this. You do have to provide information uh, for a website designer. They don't know your business. They don't have assets. And what I mean by that is they don't have the pictures and the videos that you've taken over time, you know, for that website. Um, if you can't provide that stuff, then, you know, your website's going to be very cookie cutter. They're going to be using a lot of generic stuff. So start thinking about the content that you want in your website. What do you want it to say about your business? You know, get somebody that has a really good camera and maybe spend a little bit of money and hire somebody to take a couple of good photos of you. It doesn't have to be, you know, 150 different images, but, you know, five or six quality photos of you and your team or your product and service will make a huge difference uh, on how your website shows up in the world. So, yeah. Just if, if, if a designer is requesting for you to pay for your website in full upfront, that's a no-no to me. I wouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. Um, they, but they also shouldn't work for free. So 
So work it out. The last red flag before I, uh, I start talking about pricing is discovery calls or introduction calls. A designer should be seeking out as much information as possible about your business and about you before they're designing. And that takes time. There should be a 45-minute to two-hour call, whether it be Zoom or over the phone, where a designer is asking you questions. And also, there, there should be a form that you're filling out or a place where they're taking notes. And uh, if these things are not happening, that's a red flag. That's a sign that you're going to get something that's going to be cookie cutter. You, you might get something that you're not you know, happy with and it's not going to match your brand uh, or your brand culture um, if the designer's not asking these questions. So, you know, make sure that you're getting information uh, over to the designer of the things that you like and you don't like. And pro tip, before you even speak to a designer, find three or four websites that you like and really understand what are the things that you like about those websites. That'll be huge for the designer and it will help them out a lot. Uh, so that way they know to create, you know, something that you enjoy and that you like and that works for you. But also in that same vein, don't be the business owner with the ego. Don't be the vain business owner. Don't be the one that's saying, I'm only going to design the things that I want. Um, with you know, Do your research. Find out what your market wants. Because that's what's most important. It's not what you want. It doesn't matter, quite frankly, what you want. What matters is what your audience wants and what your market wants. Because at the end of the day, they're the ones that have to be willing to trade their money for your product or service. So make sure that you're doing the things that they want, that they enjoy, that are appealing to them, not just you. So I ended up helping out that family member. We created um, a basic landing page with an e-commerce component attached to it, allowing them to do the event, you know, sell their product, uh, and they're going to continue to grow from there. So, you know, that's what I would encourage a lot of entrepreneurs to do if you have a limited budget and you really can't afford, you know, a full build out for your website. So, um, as promised, these, this is what I would suggest is fair pricing for, um, for website design. So if you have, if you're, if you're going to build a landing page, which is basically a one page, um, website that focuses on one particular product or service, you should be somewhere in the ballpark of 500 to $800. And again, I'm in America. I'm in the Houston area. I'm from Massachusetts. So these prices may vary in other places, but this is just in my experience. And this is, you know, what we charge um, for what we do. Um, basic websites, a thousand bucks to 3000, depending on, you know, what you want in there and how many pages. And then uh, an e-commerce site or an advanced site is $4,500 and up, you know, um, and I know that to some people, this sounds like a lot of money, but you got to understand that there are hundreds of hours that would be put into, you know, building these types of websites. And there's a lot of skills and a lot of trainings that go behind it. And if you want somebody that's going to build something correctly for you and it's going to be quality, you have to be willing to pay for it. And that's just a part of being a business owner. So 
So that's my two and a half cents on um, on website design and, and, and why you shouldn't pay $200 for a website. And at the end of the day, uh, it's your money. You do whatever you want with it. But if you want to be a business owner, if you want to be successful, and if you want to grow something out here, you have to be prepared to invest into your business. And, uh, you know, part of digital marketing, a huge part of that is owning a website. And, um, you know, some would argue that you don't need it nowadays. And I would beg to differ. You don't own your social media. You don't own your Google business profile. Yes, you should focus on making sure those things are, you know, nice and tidy. But the reality of it is your website and your email list, those are things that you own. You know, those are things that you have a better chance of hanging on to uh, time after time. Google can shut down your profile anytime they want. Facebook can decide any day of the month that they don't want your your page there and they can suspend it and remove it. But it's very difficult to take a business owner's website and it's damn near impossible to take their email list. So that's my two cents. My name is Joshua Silva and I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm.